Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns by Harmon Brothers. And in today's episode, we walk through three things you can do to bump up your average order value and rack up those add to carts. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. In the world of e-commerce, there's a lot of levers that you can pull right. to impact your effectiveness. And one of those levers that can often be low-hanging fruit, like it's one of those levers that without that much effort in many cases, you can really move the needle in a big way. We're talking about average order value, right. AOV, right? right? Yep. So for the e-commerce entrepreneurs who are looking at their situation and saying, man, how do I get my average order value up? Let's talk through some best practices. What are some things that you've seen? Yeah, well, so I think we get pretty excited about this topic when we're specifically when we're talking to our clients, right? They come to us, they're going to spend some money on some advertising, not only to create the ad, but then putting ad spend behind it. And they want to see a return. Yeah. I mean, that's what Harmon Brothers is known for is helping companies to get great returns on their investment with video. And so one of the ways that we always recommend that they do that is by increasing that order value. And one way I would say early on in the company that, that kind of opened my eyes to a great way to do this was in our experience with FiberFix. It would not have been a large average order size or a large cart size because it was a, a cheap product, not cheap as in it wasn't a great product. It was a value product, let's say that. And for that very reason, it was very successful in retail because right. so many retailers could just like put it at the checkout stand yep. or whatever. Throw it in your cart as yep. you're going through. Yep, just grab it. You right. know, it's eight bucks, throw it in the toolbox, throw it in the junk drawer or whatever so right. that you have it when you need it. Right. But when you're trying to convert traffic on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, it's a, the economics are a little bit different, right? And so we had some help from Russell Brunson. Big fan of Russell. We've done some videos with him, had a ton of fun. Yeah, so the, the backstory was from an e-commerce perspective. So we had a phenomenally successful top of funnel video right. for FiberFix, getting millions of views. So we've got traffic pouring into the website, but we were actually struggling to get our conversions on the website up where we wanted them to be. Right. And I was on the phone with Russell and I told him, about what we were experiencing. And he was like, oh, I could fix that, no problem. Right. He's like, but in exchange, I want a script for a campaign. I'm pretty sure that was the trade, at least. It's been several years, but if my memory serves correctly, it was right. trading a script for him coming into- Doing uh, some funnel work for yeah, us. Yeah, to help us solve that funnel. Yeah, it was interesting because what they ended up doing was not just creating one bundle of FiberFix products, but creating, I think it was three- and then on top of that, allowing you to purchase like multiples and different things like that, right? It was all centered around getting you to buy more than just one roll of FiberFix as you're going through the checkout. And they did that in some pretty unique ways. So the packaging, which we designed, was really cool. They one even, of them was like the Manly Man bundle yeah, or something Yeah, the largest, like they named them, yep. And the largest one came in like a toolbox and I still have mine and use it. It's a very cool product. But you were taking what would have potentially been an $8 transaction and bumping it up to 30 or 40 or $75, right? And when you start using that type of bundling to go through your cart rather than just an $8 product, you're able to lean into that ad spend 
and get a lot more profit out the other side, right? So the bundling was critical in the success of that particular video, mm -hmm. because like you said, it was probably one of our most viral videos ever, but the economics of it required us still to look at these things like, what is the average cart value? What are we able to get out of the ad spend that we're putting into it? Yep. And bundling is, among other things that we'll talk about, was one of the things that really made that happen. Yep. Bundling's huge. And Fiberfix is one example, but you know, there's lots of others. Lumi uses bundles. They do. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, in the e-commerce world, almost anyone who has quote unquote low dollar product, they have to bundle. Right, right. Well, and that's the interesting thing. Benton, you've often talked about the difference between a product and a business, right? Product is just this thing that you have to sell. A business, generally speaking, you're going to have not just one product. It's going to be several products, usually complementary. And those are the types of things that will allow you to do pretty much everything that we're going to talk about today, including the bundling. You need to put things together in order to make a sale that's larger than just that product could do on its own, right? That's right. I think it's also interesting to think about bundling from the perspective of, yes, there's like bundling in the moment. And that's what we're talking about here with Fiberfix or with Lumi. Like we're, right. we're getting you to buy more right now. Right. But there are a lot of businesses built around more of a lifetime value play where Good point. it's okay that you're not going to buy a bundle up front as long as we can predictably get you to buy more over time. So, you know, some examples of this are like razor cartridges. You know, Gillette has no problem selling a razor handle in your first five cartridges or whatever. Right. And they probably sell that for a loss, right? Like right. on that first transaction, it's not a win. But now that you're coming back for the cartridges, printers or another oh, one that, man. that I like. I just purchased new toner. What a racket. Uh, but you have to do it, right? Yeah. And the crazy thing is like when you actually go to buy a new printer, they're cheap. Yeah. It's less expensive than just buying the replacement toner. It's <laughs> Sometimes crazy. it feels yeah. like that, right? Yeah. But it's kind of surprising to get, you know, an electronic gadget, a piece of tech that, uh -huh. you know, has that much you know, technology built into it. And oftentimes you're paying 89 bucks, you know, right. 139 bucks or whatever yeah. for a nice printer. But they do that because they know that the bundling happens over the back as, end. Yeah, as, as you're coming back for more and more. Right. Yeah. That So that lifetime value is actually a yeah. good thing that, that I hadn't even planned on talking about. But that lifetime value is something that can also make the economics of your advertising, your other marketing dollars really work. And so keeping an eye on those types of things is critical to being successful in the game today, right? So we've covered bundling. Let's talk about other ways to boost AOV. Sure. Let's go back to that fiber fix example. You mentioned that on top of the bundles, there was also an attempt to get you to buy additional things or additional roles. Right. You don't have to stop at the bundling, right? Ideally, all the things that we're talking about for most e-commerce businesses, you can use several of them, if not all of them. And so what they did was after you purchased that bundle, your next step in checking out was to be presented an offer to purchase another product. And I think in Fiberfix's case, it was something like their heat wrap or their exhaust wrap. So it's still Fiberfix. So you're familiar with the product, all the instruction, the education that's gone on through the funnel at this point. And now you're looking at a product that's complementary to what you just purchased. The advantage of that is, I know I wanted Fiberfix. Now I know, or you're telling me that I could also use it in this other application by purchasing this other product, right? And in that case, it wasn't a large bundle or anything. It was probably, you know, another nine or 10 bucks. And 
generally speaking, you offer that cross-sell at a discount. But again, because you have already captured or you've already spent the money to get the customer to that point, adding on more product is basically better margin for you. So you can afford to offer discounts to increase your conversion rate on those sorts of things. And that right there can make a huge difference in in increasing that carp. Now, you mentioned upsells and cross-sells. Talk to us about the difference. Yeah, so to be honest, we use them fairly interchangeably. There is a difference. Your upsell is going to be actually showing someone, your customer, something that's more expensive than what they were originally intending to purchase. Okay, so you're saying, you know about this product. Here's a a version of that product with more features, and you're going to charge more for that, right? So that's an upsell. A cross-sell is more of what we just talked about, which is where you have placed an order, you're in the process of placing an order, and you're selling them something in addition to, all right? So it's just selling across product line, potentially. And so that's your cross-sell. They both have their place. Uh, you'll see a lot of upselling using that term kind of technically in like the software space. And so it's like, oh, you want to purchase the software and you'll get all these features. But if you pay an extra $9.99 a month, then you add all these features. And that's where they try to push you, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do a similar thing in e-com as a lot of companies do with SaaS. But yeah, that's the technical difference. Again, you'll hear me use them interchangeably all the time, even though they do have technical differences. Awesome. So thinking of an upsell, you know, one common way to do the upsell is, you know, I complete a transaction where I just bought something. And then I get this upsell that says, wait, there's more. You know, right. Would you also like this one-time offer of blank? You know, sure. whatever that is. But there's also this other approach that you see on Amazon all the time where like, hey, I'm shopping for something. I might throw it in my cart, whatever. And then Amazon presents me with, you might also like, right. and it shows me additional things. Or sometimes it even offers that I can bundle those things together. Yeah. yeah. So they give you like three other products yep. before you've checked out to say like, or sometimes they even say other customers also purchased yep. and they use that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I think that can also be a very effective way to do things. I mean, if Amazon is doing it, you probably want to test it because most <laughs> of the stuff that they've done, they've spent millions of dollars testing. So it's really smart to do that sort of thing. Typically when you're going to use those types of tactics, your platform might already have something built into it. So I know that in particular with WooCommerce, they have that type of functionality built into it. Uh, I believe with Shopify, you might have to install a plugin or something like that. But most of your e-commerce platforms are going to enable you to associate certain products pre-cart or in the cart itself that will help you to increase that order value. So that's a great way to go as well. But me personally, that post-purchase upsell or cross-sell is super effective. So just a couple of days ago, I was looking for this. It's like a, what would you call it? Almost like a multi-tool, but it's just different connectors for USB charging. Okay. There's a company, I think they're in Switzerland. They make this really cool little, it has a magnet on it and everything. So you can put it on your keychain, and then you never have to worry about, do I have the right charging cable with me? Mm. And so I went and I purchased that thing. And as soon as I checked out, I got Typical cross-sell where it's like, okay, do you want to buy this other product that's similar, but maybe the cable length was longer or something like that? They gave me a discount. And so I clicked no. And then the next page was basically the same thing, but they were discounting it again. And even the copy on it said, okay, so you didn't like the 10% off. What about 20%? 
Now, in some cases, that's off-putting. In their case, they did it in a way with the copywriting and everything where it was sort of humorous. And I almost took it. But at that point, I was asking myself, well, if I say no again, will the discount go up to 25%? And so I clicked no again and the deal was gone and I didn't get it. The reason I bring that up is because it's important. These upsells or certainly the post-purchase upsell or cross-sell can be super effective, but you have to be careful and look at it in relation to your brand. So what you were mentioning earlier was this, like, wait, don't go. Your order's not complete yet. Like some of that kind of stuff starts to feel a little bit inauthentic. And, and in some cases, when you say your order's not complete after it is complete, yeah, it's, it's just dishonest. It's not right? honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I would caution you to be very careful about those types of tactics. But if you do it right, this is legitimate and great way mm -hmm. to build your business. What I would have recommended to those guys, so in that case, they lost the upsell because I was just curious to see if there was yet another one. But what I would recommend is some type of messaging where you tell someone, like, if you've, if you've used that tactic of discounting, let them know it's the last chance, like take it now or, or leave it type of thing and do it in a way that's interesting and approachable and that doesn't harm your brand. And so if you do it right... Those post-purchase upsells can make a huge difference and be super effective for your ads. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Daniel Harmon, um, mm -hmm. our you know, former chief creative officer here, you know, he's now building Tuttle Twins, the show. But, you know, he always said that if you just blindly follow the data, it always leads to spam. Right. And I think upsells is an example where that can actually come into play. Uh, so, for example, I've had experiences before where... I go buy something and then I get an upsell and it says, you know, wait, hold on. You're not done. This one-time offer, you yeah. know, and, you know, it builds up the value of this amazing one-time offer. And then I make a decision on it. Yes or no. And then I get another one. Hold on. There's another thing. <laughs> right, right. And, and I've actually experienced it where that actually happens three times. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the entrepreneur behind the scenes who is following the data and saying, yeah, it's effective to, to do these, you know, three upsells like that. But me as a consumer, as I'm experiencing it, it feels almost dirty. I don't know what the... It feels desperate, maybe, is a better term for it. Yeah, and there's also a, a little bit of fatigue that comes with it, where it's kind of like, okay, you know, the first two upsells... I was with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was with you, but now you're just kind of like messing with me. Right. There's a little bit of that dynamic. And so, as an entrepreneur, you have to be balancing out, you know, what is the experience yes. that I want my customers to have? And what is the emotion that I want to leave my customers with? And make sure that, you know, the upsell strategy aligns with that so that you're not just blindly following the data into giving your customer a bad experience, which, you know, when you actually step back and look at it, it's basically saying, I'm willing to sacrifice my future relationship with this yep. customer to get every possible last drop out of them today, yeah. that type of attitude. Yep, absolutely. I think that is one of the main risks with the post-purchase upsell is that if you do it wrong, and you talked earlier about customer lifetime value, if you do it wrong, you're sacrificing extra cents now for a long-term relationship with that customer that could pay off much, much larger than what you're trying to get out of them at this point. And so I think what I'm hearing, Benton, is focus on that customer experience and that customer relationship and let that drive the value rather than, you know, looking at what can I get out of this customer right now. It's really 
turning that and saying, what do they need next? What would be most helpful for them? What's going to help them to be successful with the product that I just sold them? And if you can legitimately and honestly say that this next thing that I'm going to upsell them, you know, you have that thing, then sure, sell that to them. But it shouldn't be a game of how much money can I squeeze out of this customer? Especially like right here, right now. Right. Yep. Cool. What other tactics are there for raising your average order value? Okay. So we'll talk about one more. I think we promised three. So we'll try and hold to that promise. But there's one that's interesting because in the last, man, I don't know how many years it's been, but I would say a large majority in the last few years of online retailers have moved to free shipping. And it used to be something that you would test and some people would find it profitable and some wouldn't. And, you know, probably most of our listeners have played around with the free shipping thing. One thing that I would recommend if you don't already, or potentially even if you do already offer free shipping, is using shipping as a way to increase that average order value. And I'm not saying jack up your shipping prices and keep the extras profit. What I'm saying is you've all seen a little banner at the top of the website that says spend $99 and get free shipping, something to that effect. I think those can be really effective. They need to be done right. The reason I think they can be done effectively is because, again, personal experience, when I was online buying something last week, there was one of those little tickers at the top of the webpage. The interesting thing about this one is it actually told me how much more I needed to spend Mm -hmm. in order to reach that free shipping level. Oh, you just need 24 more dollars to get free shipping. Yeah, and I already, like shipping prices aren't cheap right now. And so I knew, well, shipping's probably going to be, I don't know, nine or 10 bucks. If I can find something on the site that I can buy for 10 or 15 bucks, I'm coming out ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not paying for something that I'm not actually getting physically. And so that got me to add one more thing to my cart. And as I did that, I actually saw some of their other products because I had to search for something in that price range that I was Mm -hmm. looking for, somewhere 10 to 15 bucks, and saw some other things that they had that I was also interested I ended up spending close to $200 rather than the 99 it would have taken to get the free shipping. <laughs> they got gotcha. you. And I was happy to pay it because number one, I was getting the free shipping that they promised. Number two, I was exposed to their other products. I was excited about them and mm-hmm. I wanted them for myself. So I had them to the cart, checked out, got the free shipping and everybody was happy. So I think that can be one that's really effective. Super effective. A lot of people are offering the free shipping already. You can still do that. There's other ways that you can get people. You could go the testing route where you say, all right, maybe we turn off free shipping for a little bit and see if we can use the free shipping as a carrot to encourage people Mm -hmm. to purchase more. And I think that would be a a great test to run for most companies. Awesome. So in summary, talked about bundling, right? Talked about upsells slash cross sales. Yeah. We talked about using free shipping as a minimum threshold to encourage people to add more to the cart, get that average order value up. Yep. All great ways to do it. In fact, as you're talking through it, there's one more that you can use on some platforms. We mentioned Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels. Mm -hmm. He has something that you could use it as an idea, even if you're not on ClickFunnels. Uh, They called it the order bump, right? And that was you basically just click. It's already predefined what that product is. You click the button or the checkbox and then you check out with that in there. So it could be, in a lot of cases, they'll do an info product. So say you're purchasing a sound system. Maybe you want an ebook that teaches you how to set up your sound system in an ideal way for your room. You create an ebook around that. You make it, you know, cheap enough that it's not a tough decision and isn't going to decrease your conversion rate because you're feeding more information to people and 
making them think there's a lot of, you want people to think it's easy to implement your product, right? Or use your product. But if it's a few dollars and I can get a bunch of value out of that, click that checkbox and raise your cart value that much more. That's also a good way to, or an easy way, I would say, to increase that cart value. The bonus one. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Cool. Anything else you want to cover? I think that about does it. I mean, there's tons of ways that you can do this. Lots of different methods you can use to increase that order value. So we'll put some more together and probably come back at another episode. But I think for now, we've probably given some good ideas and hope you'll let us know how it goes. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you have any questions about average order value, or quite frankly, if you just want another set of eyes on your e-commerce stack and what you can do to move the needle, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach out directly to me, Benton at HarmanBrothers.com. You can reach out to Brett, Brett at HarmanBrothers.com. We're always happy to take a look, see if we can help in any way. Don't hesitate to give us a shout. Tired of playing catch up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skull Shaver. And now we're offering a 20 minute video that helps you strategize your best profit pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.